take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. When can you play a game with more than two hands? Answer. You can play a game with more than two hands when you play a card game. Because it is a hand of cards within your hand. And during the card game, you play the hand you're dealt. The thought of the day comes from actor James Earl Jones. He is probably most widely known as the voice of Darth Vader in Star Wars. He said, You don't build a bond without being present. Hello friends and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy. As a result of being born with spinal meningitis two months prematurely in the 1970s. Spastic cerebral palsy is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The spasticity occurred because of a combination of stiff or tight or involuntary muscle movements. It primarily impacted my legs and secondarily impacted my arms and hands in a milder way. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a physical disability in school. I was sometimes forced or coerced into difficult situations because of my limited options, understandings, or lack of support. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I used my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to make fair the same system for an individual like me based on a proven need. As a result of not readily having access to reasonable accommodation, I often used enriched environment examples and increased my own social-emotional learning. The basics of social-emotional learning now involve different levels of self-management and social management skills to improve 
self-direction, and responsible decision-making. This is episode 80. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. For the month of November, I have been talking about family issues. Today, I am talking about turn-taking games. More specifically, I am talking about playing card games. Games can help kids build social skills and relationships. Through games, kids can learn about rules and winning and losing. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or Rope, I am talking about some card games that I learned from my German grandmother. They included Solitaire and the more advanced game of Pinochle. Pinochle was a more advanced adult game that involved bidding, playing with a partner, melding, and scoring. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the Bicycle Cards website, children learn about relationships through playing together. It strengthens bonds. Through games, children learn how to understand rules. They also learn how to treat each other. Games help kids as they figure out what is fair and what is not fair. Kids learn about winning and losing games. Playing with others teaches kids about turn-taking, teamwork, and strategy. While playing games, kids often pick up social skills, social cues, and learn about social contracts. If rules are broken or not followed, for example, that usually results in losses of turn, losses of points, or the end of play. Playing is a crucial part of human connection. According to Dr. Bowen White, a founding member of the National Institute for Play, play helps us connect with other people. Dr. Bowen continues that playing allows kids to have fun and maybe feel safe. Even as adults, people play games to interact and have fun with each other. When we choose to get together and enjoy each other's company during a game, we create trust. A card game is a great way to spend time with friends and family, to share laughter, and also relax. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or Rope, I am talking about playing cards. One of the benefits of playing with cards was that it helped me over the years to develop better hand coordination or fine motor skills. Holding multiple cards in one hand sometimes were difficult for me. Organizing or moving cards around and keeping them in the same suit or keeping the cards in numerical or matching order became a good practice for me. War 
was the first game that I remember playing. In the game, using stacks of playing cards, players would duel with the same card and escalate war until the highest card won the battle. I often played with my slightly older brother or my slightly younger sister. We had fun warring with each other in a very simple and safe way. The goal of war was to collect the biggest pile of cards. The player with the most or the highest stack of cards won the game. I often practiced just separating the cards. They were sometimes slippery with three cards at a time in my hand. Or sometimes cards would stick together three at a time. Trying to separate playing cards reminded me of learning solitaire from my German grandmother. Some solitaire players call the game patience because of the amount of time the game takes to play and win. Although there are over 150 solitaire games, Standard Solitaire uses one 52-card pack. The basic object of the game was to match alternating card colors. Aces would build the suit foundations. I watched my grandmother shuffle cards. Because of my difficulty with hand and finger coordination, also known as motor skills, I had difficulty shuffling and dealing with cards. But she had been playing and keeping her mind sharp by shuffling and dealing and assigning different cards to different piles. I sometimes helped her locate or match alternating playing cards. For example, a red king would need a black queen and a red jack and a black ten. In another stack, the black king would need a red queen and a black jack and a red ten. Then my German grandmother would draw three cards at a time, and she would see how those cards match or uncover the face or numbered cards with the dealt piles. This would progress the game further three cards at a time. Sometimes she would miss a matching stack or a matching card because of her memory problems. But she could still shuffle and handle the cards like a dealer. Her hands knew what to do. She still had hand speed even though she lacked some of the finesse because of her dementia-like memory. I remember asking her why she drew three cards at a time. She said that's how the game rules worked. If you cheated or didn't follow the rules, winning didn't mean as much. I also remember watching my parents play the adult game of Pinochle with my grandparents. It was a more complicated game 
game of four-person or four-handed strategy and partnership. Players weren't only playing for themselves, but they played for their team partnerships. The 48-card pack had different card values from ace-high to nine-low. The object of the game was to win tricks and score points using meld and certain card combinations. The person who won or could achieve the bid set trump or the most valuable suit. Each trick consisted of a lead and a play. If, for example, diamonds were the trump suit and diamonds were played, other players needed to play the same suit. If players had trump and didn't play trump during the trump round, it resulted in a renege or loss of points and the hand. My parents and grandparents checked on each other or called if the other players didn't use trump cards during the trump round. Sometimes my grandmother, who had memory issues, would mistakenly not play a trump card even though she had some trump cards left. This reneg meant a violation of the rules and my parents and my grandfather tried to make sure that my grandmother didn't break the rules. It was part of the contract of the game Pinochle. In at least one way, the other players gently made sure my grandmother was always safe. It was not always about winning or points, but about building trust and safety. They were all present to reinforce the family bond. By working together as individuals and as groups, they helped to reinforce and protect my grandmother with all hands being on deck. And they built trust with each other. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could learn from or lean into? There are more episode resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world.
You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up. I never give up.